Feel good. I heard some woos. That was awesome. Thanks, guys. Oh. <laughs> I love you guys. It is good to be back. It's good to be back. We were sick for a while. We got the old COVID, and it's our first Sunday back in, what, three, four weeks. So glad to be back. Love you all. Um, I guess Mike and Rainey are speaking today, which is awesome. Technically, Mike's speaking today, but I asked Rainey to come up at the end, but that's cool. We'll both speak. We'll just tag team. Does that sound good? <clears throat> so Mark was talking before worship. He was telling a little story about, uh, you know, looking out his window with his puppy in the big bay windows that they had. And, you know, windows are beautiful. They're amazing. They give you a great view. But the one thing about windows, they are a pain to install. Where's the woos? Yeah, there's more. <laughs> All right, please don't leave if you're new here. I promise it gets better. This feels a little restricting. This is like, whew, I've got this like tiny little avenue to walk through here. Um, I want to tell you guys a testimony. I was, uh, I was at Veronica Springs Church this morning because one of my mentors and spiritual fathers, Byron Easterling, was speaking. It was awesome. And he was talking about one of the graces on uh, this area, Santa Barbara Galita, is kindness and the kindness of the Lord. It's like one of the springs that God has placed in this area. It's a great message, but he just they talked about giving just testimonies of kindness, how kindness moves hearts and opens doors, um, how we've seen the kindness of the Lord shift things. And it reminded me, and I want to share this, guy, share this with you guys, because honestly, sometimes making an impact in someone's life can feel, when we hear a testimony of something happening, can feel like, gosh, I want to live up to that. I really want to do that. But man, you guys, it's so easy and it's so simple. We don't have to overcomplicate impacting someone's life in the middle of their day and introducing them to the Father's love and the kingdom, even in a small, uh, even in a small seed form. So a while back, I was at Costco's, probably a year and a half ago. This is what the Lord brought to mind. And, uh, one thing I love to do when I go around and get samples, this was pre-COVID, obviously, so I guess this was like two years ago, yeah, is make the rounds. Who doesn't? Raise your hand if you've ever made the rounds at Costco. See, it's pretty much. <clears throat> anyway, so, but if, at times, I've been on the weekend, and I've stopped and watched, and the people who are serving, for the most part, get entirely ignored. You know, they just sit there, and I'm like, man, that must be a tough job to stand there and do that for eight hours and just serve stuff. That would be like, wouldn't be the most enthralling job to have. But also, people don't even acknowledge them. Like, I'm just like, gosh, you're just getting passed by by masses of people. So I've, I've always loved making a point of looking them in the eye and saying, man, thank you so much for serving me. Honestly, thank you. What's your name? You know, just something real simple like that, Right. But I've had so many times I've had them brighten up, and it's because they're kind of like this, you know? It looks most of the time just because kind of robotic. But then they, they look up and like, oh, someone's talking to me, and there's a big old smile. And the reason I tell you the lead-up to that is because when you practice kindness, when you practice just the love and the goodness of God in small ways, it makes you, it prepares your heart and it prepares your spirit to be ready 
for the Holy Spirit to connect with you and then give a little something extra that makes a bigger difference in someone's life, sometimes a tremendous difference in someone's life. So it was a Saturday. I was doing the rounds. I was watching the same thing happen, was saying hi to some different people, and then it came up to a girl who looked like she was maybe 20, 21, and I just said, hey, thank you so much for serving. What's your name? And then I just, I just wanted to continue the conversation a little bit. I was like, how are you doing? You know. And then I sensed the Holy Spirit. And sometimes just that small little spark, right? And I don't remember the details of everything I said. I just said, can I share something with you? She said, sure. And I said, I, I, I'm just sensing that what God has for your life is so incredible. And you're going to be so inspired. And you're going to love to see what God does with your life. And wherever your life is now, I don't know you and I don't know anything about you, but I sense that maybe, maybe it's not in the best place or you're not thrilled with your life, but God sees you and he knows you right where you are and he has a plan that's going to blow your mind and bless your socks off. Guys, she began to weep right there. And as I watched the tears stream down her cheeks, I felt the overwhelming love of God rise up. And then I just, I just began to pray and prophesy over her. I kept it real short. I knew she was working. Could have, you know. But I just released some, some words of life. I didn't get any crazy words of knowledge about um, how many credit cards she had in her wallet or anything like that. Which is cool if you do, but you don't even need that. Honestly, even with crazy words of knowledge, prophetic words, you know, the supernatural miracles, scriptures, getting an app scripture for someone, the key thing is the actual encounter that people have with God himself and the love of God. That's what people are going to remember, beloved. Anytime you're doing ministry, which is living your life as a believer and being around others and sharing any of his goodness, his kindness, his love. That's just, that's all ministry is. People are not going to necessarily remember what you said. They may not even remember your name, but they're going to remember how they felt when they felt the love of God when they encountered what he's really like. And they realized, wow, out in the midst of all these people, God highlighted me and connected with my heart. It was a beautiful moment. She went on to tell me why it was meant so much to her. And she's like, I can't wait to tell my dad because he's been telling me that God's going to get me through this. And she opened up about all this stuff. It was beautiful. So I prayed for her and blessed her. But I tell you guys that just to say it was so simple. It was not, again, it wasn't some like, oh, I got this download from heaven and I'm going to go get that girl. It was just kindness, just caring about people around you, just being aware. A smile, a nice word, opens up some good things. Amen? That's good, huh? All right, so we're talking about grace. We've been in Galatians, for those of you who haven't been the last few weeks. Last week we were in Galatians 3 with Jason. I think it was verse 1 through 6, 1 through 5 or 1 through 6. And it's been hard-hitting and wonderful. Amen. Hasn't it been so good? Start in Galatians 3. you forget where Galatians is, it's after 2 Corinthians, and if you get it mixed up with Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, just remember, goats eat pink cherries. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Goats eat pink cherries. Skadoop. 
You're welcome. Now you'll never forget. The other thing that can help, too, is just remembering that uh, Galatians chapter 3 is on page 970. So starting in, uh, so yeah, 1 through 5 was last week. Now we're starting in verse 6. But I'm going to read 1 through 5, and then we'll top, dive into 6 through 8, through, excuse me, 6 through 9. Paul writing says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your eyes, Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. This is the only thing that I want to find out from you. Did you receive God's spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the spirit, are you now trying to be perfected by the works of the flesh? Did you suffer all these things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? So then, does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you do it by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? The part we're going to go into, verse 6, even so, he starts bringing up Abraham, who's the father of our faith. He said, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure, it's those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, all the nations will be blessed in you. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. First, I want to say in verse 6, it says, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him, or some translations say credited to him as righteousness. And I want this thought here I want to share. Beloved, it is trust and belief in who God is that empowers a righteous life. Read that verse again. Even so, Abraham, he believed God and that was credited to him as righteousness. So, It is trust and belief in who God is that empowers a righteous life. If you're trying to live righteously because what you know about God, what you know about Christianity, what you've heard in the word or messages that you've heard, but it doesn't come from, if you're you're striving, it doesn't come from that place of trust and belief in who your father is, you're going to fall short of it every time. Because if you were able to do it, then why the heck did Jesus have to come and die? And when, I, when we say, I want to take it beyond, because I don't want it to just stay in, um, whenever we read the word, we have to remember there's words in there that we have a connotation with. We've, we hang things on hooks that are just familiar to us. So we hear righteousness, for example, and we may just think, okay, it means I don't sin, right? And we just kind of uh, default to um, a condensed summary of it. But sometimes we need to sit in the word with the Holy Spirit, right, Hannah? And we need to let those, we need to let a word or a phrase just kind of marinate. And we need to let it expand. And we need it to build out and be like, what is, no, what does it really mean, God, credit to him as righteousness? Was it just a simple stamp of approval or is there something way greater in there? Is there a secret, a key to living an indestructible life in Christ like Hebrews talks about that's right in this? So think of righteousness not just as I didn't sin or I'm right with God, but about living in a way that God intended so that you live in the fullness of heaven on earth. You live in the fullness of God's kingdom. You live as Christ lived, where he said, I only do what I 
see the Father doing and only say what I hear the Father saying. You guys know what the most beautiful part of that verse right there is? Talking about Jesus. It's not just that, it's not that he did what he saw the Father doing, he said what he heard the Father saying. The most beautiful, sorry, I, I dang it, I've repeated that. It's not that he did what he saw or that he said what he heard. It's that he saw and he heard because he knew his Father. That's where that whole thing starts. Jesus' entire ministry, his entire life, everything that he was, lived, breathed, and did, came out of because he saw his Father and because he heard his Father. And the rest of that was the fruit of it. That's the natural outflow. If you see your Father and if you hear him, that's how you're going to live. It doesn't all happen overnight, but over days and weeks and years, we become more gloriously and wonderfully like him. And think of all the blessings of Jesus' life. Do you guys think that Jesus ever suffered any anxiety? No, not at all. Do you think that Jesus ever struggled with addiction? Do you think he ever struggled with loving the people in his life that he knew he was supposed to love? You know, scripture says that he was tempted in all ways in Hebrews, just even as we are tempted, but he was without sin. So sure, he was tempted, but Jesus's life, the beauty about it is not just the outward things that we saw, although that is astoundingly incredible. You know, the way he brought the kingdom of God into the earth, it says that with compassion, he healed the sick, right? He raised the dead. He preached the gospel to the poor. He did amazing things on the outside. But when we think about the inner life of Jesus and the way he lived, Jesus would have lived in perfect joy, not would have, did, perfect peace, perfect settledness in who he was in God, never felt like he had to prove himself, didn't wake up and have a bad day. He just lived in the grace of God all the time. Amen? You guys think there was ever a moment that Jesus wasn't living in the fullness of God's grace? in the fullness of his goodness, in the fullness of his love, in the fullness of his blessing, in the fullness of his affection? No, not even a minute. Jesus never had to endure that, right? We could, we could talk about, I don't, and I don't want to get into the cross and what that all means and what Jesus said on the cross of Father, why have you forsaken me? But regardless of what we believe about that, let's just, if there were any moments, right, in his life that were challenging, what we're, we're, we need to remember the entire, the entire picture that he would have lived under the goodness and the life of God day by day. And one thing I want to say too, so because he would have lived in the grace of God and that empowered that kind of lifestyle, I want to say this. Grace is not just undeserved or unmerited favor. Has anybody ever heard that definition of grace before? Undeserved favor or unmerited favor? Raise your hand if you've heard that before. Okay, so that's a good number of us, maybe at least half. Um... Certainly there's an element of that, right? What we have from God is undeserved and unmerited, and it's the favor of God, which we just get through Jesus. But it is so much more than just that, because grace is something we live in and we live with and we live under all the days of our life. And I want to propose to you that grace, as one of my mentors would say, is actually empowering presence. Grace is the empowering presence of God that because of who he is and because of his commitment and faithfulness to you, he meets every need. He gives you everything you need for life and godliness according to your knowledge of him. That's what 2 Peter chapter 1 says at the beginning. 
Grace is the empowering presence of God to live as Jesus lived, to live as we ought, to live as citizens of heaven, to live like our father Abraham lived, reckoned to us as righteousness because we believe and trust him, to live an unbreakable, indestructible, overcoming, more than a conqueror life. It has to be, because how else are we going to live those things? We can't just do all the right stuff to start living that way. It doesn't work like that, beloved. And I know personally, because I tried that for years. And of course, it's not just me. I'm just going off my testimony, but it's the word of God. So if you have the empowering presence of God as Christ did because he walked in fellowship with the Father that way, right? I mean, yes, he was God and he was man, but he also waited to begin his ministry until after the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove and then he went into the wilderness. But then it was after that he began to do works of power, miracles and signs and wonders. So um, in that as well, I propose that Jesus, though he was God, chose to live as a man in right relationship with God so that he could display what living in grace or living in the empowering presence of the Father and the Holy Spirit was like and that we can all live that as well as a people because it says in the scripture that speaking of Jesus as he is anyone finish that word so are we in this world do we take that seriously beloved that's no condemnation there don't feel bad that's not why I'm bringing it up but do we take that seriously do we just, do we own that and accept it? No, as Jesus is, so am I. Because I am adopted as a child of God. I have been given the same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead lives in me. Praise God. Christ himself lives in you. The Father, Jesus said that the Father and I will come and make our home with you. The scripture says that God gave us his Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. You guys, we are just overwhelmingly filled with God. There's one of you, and there's three of them. And they're all up in you if you believe in Jesus. And that's the place you live from. That's the grace of God. That's the empowering presence of the Lord that makes the impossible possible. It's the empowering presence that allows you to live an indestructible life, that allows you, the scripture calls us overcomers, and Paul goes on in another place, even beyond that, to say that we're more than conquerors. Have you ever thought, what does that even mean? To be more than a conqueror. It means you're just so much winning, you're so living in the victory, that it's not even a question when you show up on the battlefield. It means you don't go into a fisticuffs with the enemy or a wrestling match. It means you step on there because, again, you know who's with you and you know who's in you. And you know who he is for you. You step on the battlefield and the enemy begins to step back. Isn't that cool? What if, what if, what if every single believer could live that way? Just entertain that with me for a minute. What if every single believer could live that way? Like Christ and the radical empowering presence of God. What if, what if every single believer could be more than a conqueror 
And when you're more than a conqueror, it means it's not just conquering in your own life, but it's a conquering that affects and impacts other people's lives too. Because the second part of that is, you, is when you step on the battlefield, those who are with you, who are with the Lord, get encouraged and get emboldened and get strengthened with might in their inner man by the power of the Spirit. What if every single believer could live there? So I have a question, right? Let's say, let's just use me for an example. Maybe you're one person out there that thinks, you know, oh man, there's some things I'd like to be like Mike. He's just, he's ahead. He's like that. Or will I ever get there, right? For example. I have people like that in my life, you know, that I look up to. Do I have a different Jesus in me than you have in you? Wait, but maybe I received a different Holy Spirit than you did. No? Maybe a different portion of the Holy Spirit? Is that what the Bible teaches? No. Maybe I have a different Lord and Father overall? Oh, no. Maybe it was a different baptism. No, wait, there's one baptism. Maybe it was a different faith. No, wait, there's one faith. Beloved, if it's possible for one believer to live this way, it's possible for every believer to live this way. Think about it. Just right now, just think about a spiritual hero. I don't care. It could be somebody in the past. You could grab someone from the Bible if you can't think of anyone. Think of somebody today. Think of a spiritual hero that you just massively look up to because of how they live in God and you see the evidence of God in their life. We're just going to be quiet just for a second here, a few seconds here. Just think about a spiritual hero and what you admire about their lives and just how you're inspired. question for you is what do they have that you don't have scripture says that in Christ the fullness of God dwell in bodily form and Christ lives in you and the scripture says that your life is hidden with Christ in God so the father put Christ into you and he put your life into Christ so the two of you have been unified. So if you have that same Christ in you, what limitation do you have that would stop you from being the fullness of who God created you to be or being like that brother or sister that's just a rad encouragement to you? It's one of the reasons we say all fruit is family fruit here because when one has a breakthrough, it's permission and blessing for all to inherit that breakthrough. Listen up. Listen up. If jealousy gets in, you are completely missing the idea of grace and empowering presence and the goodness of God towards you, Matt, towards you, Sierra. The favor, the kindness, the faithfulness, the overwhelming, overarching beauty and blessing of God in your life. It's just the same for you as it is for me, as it is for each one of us. Man, I feel like Paul when he says he preached for like four hours, six hours, and people started falling out of windows and then got resurrected. I'm like, oh, 
We could just go after this thing and just kick and punch that performance, religious, trying to earn it thing in the face. And man, whew. But let's just, shoo, man, God, thank you. You know that he who began a good work in you is going to carry it through to completion the day of Christ Jesus, right? You know where I got that? Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, I think. You know that God is so intentional in the way he wants to bless you and love you and do a radical work in your life by his grace that you are predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ Jesus. Whoa, hold on, think about that. Predestined, that's some crazy planning from way before time that played out your stinking whole life and all the mistakes, all the ways you'd miss it, all the ways you'd fall short. And God's like, ha, no worries. You're already predestined to be conformed. Does it say to conform yourself? You're predestined to conform yourself because you got it, bro. You got what it takes. Which, by the way, you do got what it takes because you got Christ inside you. But to be conformed, that is an action of something else upon you. What's that something else? Yeah, it's God. That's why the scripture talks about him like the potter and the clay, right? And that we hold this treasure, this amazing treasure in jars of clay, that God has his hands all over us to form us and fashion us and shape us into the image of Christ. Predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. Beloved, that ought to give you some real security. That ought to give you some real confidence. That ought to give you real, some real certainty that you are targeted for a blessing. That the host of heaven would ride out if the Lord said it. He said, go to Make a way. Break it open. He's already gone to the greatest length you could possibly imagine to not only save you, but to redeem you, to restore you, and to give you a double portion instead of your shame. If you want to know what the effect of grace is like, read Isaiah 61. That's what Jesus read out as he began his ministry. He says he stood up in the temple and he found the place where it was written and he began to read the passage from Isaiah chapter 61. talking about proclaiming the favorable year of the Lord, giving sight to the blind and healing the lame and setting the captives free. But the real clincher there and what I'm, what I'm getting at is when he says to give you beauty instead of ashes. And in the Hebrew that could better be translated, I think, a garland of beauty instead of ashes. And a garland was like a victor's crown or like a, you know, it was a sign of victory. So it was beautiful and it was victorious. So good news. If you have ashes in your life, you're targeted for a garland of victory by the grace of God. To give you the oil of joy 
instead of mourning. If you've got sadness, mourning, depression, things that you're just bummed about, good news. <laughs> you're just going to get showered with the oil of joy because that's what God's like. That's what he wants to do. To give you a mantle of praise instead of the spirit of fainting or spirit of heaviness. If you feel like giving up, if you feel weary, if you feel heavy, if you feel weighed down, if you feel burdened, good news. There's a mantle of praise. Praise where you're just able to throw your hands up. You don't feel heavy and you're able to just rejoice and celebrate God. And who here knows that when you're in that place of worship and praise where you're just so focused on him, it's like everything melts away is like the best ever. Amen. Because you get into the glory place. You just get into that zone of like, oh my goodness, you're amazing. And then it's just like, oh gosh, all this other stuff is so small. So it's light and momentary troubles that aren't even worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us, is what Paul said of them, right? Light and momentary, small stuff. Don't let the small stuff become big stuff. It becomes big stuff when you don't focus on the big man. If you're getting overwhelmed, man, the best thing to do is just as, as quickly as possible, just turn to the Lord and be like, man, I know you. You're good. You're amazing. You're wonderful. You got this. You're greater than this. And your intent is to bless me and is to use everything, to turn everything for my good. Right? Isn't that what Romans says? God works some things for the you know mediocreness of those who love him. Do, do we live like that, though, sometimes, huh? Oh, man, I've been through some trials, and God's been amazing, but this one... This one, let me tell you, we can't let each other go there, guys. Can we just have a culture of listening with love and compassion and empathy, but also (laughs) speaking the truth to one another in love? But wait a minute, Mark. Oh, I know who you are, and I know who God is in your life, and I know that this is just a molehill. There's no mountain here. You step up on this, and God's going to elevate you into a higher place. He's going to stink and use it for your good. If you're going through stuff, God wants to use it for your good, period. Is there an if? No. No and, no but. God doesn't pick and choose where he's going to use things for your good. He's all in all the time. And I don't have any more words because I just started singing those two things. He's all in all the time. Anyone being blessed? Me too. Me too. Because you can't, this stuff doesn't get old. It doesn't get old. When we realize who he is, what he's done, how he is towards us, the radical grace and the potential and the promise and the power and the purpose of God in our lives swallows up all this stuff and releases joy, releases peace, releases life, releases a grace that's so beautiful to walk in. And man, that stuff never gets old. So maybe if grace feels like old news to you, maybe you're just seeing it too small. Or you're just seeing a little bit of it. You're not really seeing how grand and glorious it is. Because you're not going to reach the end of the potential of the grace of God at work in your life. His empowering presence, his radical promises, his sure and excellent way in your life.
This is some good stuff, Krista. It makes me want to give Abba a Shaba, I'm telling you. Well, <laughs> come on. Yeah, let's give God some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Clap. Shout it out. We love you, God. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. Come on, lift it up more. Just praise him. Rejoice. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! Come on, God. Thank you, Lord. Come on, God. Somebody testified. So good. I never say that, but that just came out of me. I must have heard that somewhere. Whoo, somebody testify. Come on. Shoo. That's what it's like. That's one of the ways. Boom. Ah, no, I'm praising him. And you just step into it, beloved. And you know what? Who the heck cares what you feel like? Who cares? Sometimes you wake up after so many days of blah, 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 you just go, who cares? I'm going to praise him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to rejoice in him. I'm going to give thanks. I'm going to pray like he's real and he's active and he's towards me for my good. God works all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That's an incredible promise. And it works all the time in every situation without fail. And it's one of like a thousand amazing promises in the Bible. You just get lost in that thing. If you start promise hunting, you'd never come back. (laughs) My kids play Minecraft. And when they go looking for diamonds... Man, it's like six hours later, if I didn't stop them, they'd be like, hey, there's more diamonds. And then you find a vein of them, and you, a vein, and you just dig, 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 and you get more. Man, what if there's so much more than you've even begun to see? What if there's a place of grace, God's grace, God's goodness and favor and empowering presence in your life that could cause your life to look like nothing you've ever even dreamed? What if God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we could ask or think? Man, what if that scripture's true for each one of us? It's true. I'm going to backtrack for a sec, and then I'm going to invite a couple people up. We're uh, going to honor everybody's time, but we're going to just... Oh, you guys can feel it, right? You can feel it because it's the Spirit of God. It's the Lord saying, yes, that's who I am. Yes, that's what my Word says. Yes, that's how I see you. And then you just get on that train, and that thing starts barreling, man. Come along for the ride. So good. So good. It's so good. We're on like one of those barges right now that's like an icebreaker into the icebergs. You guys seen those? Just big old honking ships that just barrel through the ice and they make a way. 
Because the Spirit of God makes a way in your life. The promise of God makes a way in your life where there seems to be no way. Scriptures, prophetic words, even encouragements from a friend, it makes a way in your life. And it's not just for you, but it's for everyone else around you. Because all fruit's family fruit, because your breakthrough's my breakthrough, because this is a family affair. And we're in this together. Because that's how he wanted it. He wanted everybody to get it. None of you are safe from a blessing. None of you are safe from the goodness of God. None of you are safe from miracles in your life that are like other miracles you've heard. Who are you? Who are you? You're the son of God, the scripture says, and you're the bride of Christ. Ladies, if you have a problem being a son, just remember I gotta be a bride. So, enough said. There's reasons for that. That's another teaching. It's beautiful and good. God knows what he's doing. You're a son and a bride. Think about the affection of a father and then take it to the nth degree of a perfect father towards a child. And then think of a groom being completely enamored with his bride. Man, you are so targeted for the best of God. And a crazy love and a favor, and a joy. Wow, wow. You got so much coming to you, and you already have so much in you. Maybe the grace of God is enough in your life. But that would be like level one. Because maybe the grace of God in your life is so radical that not only would your world be flipped upside down, but so would everyone else's around you. So let's celebrate evidence of the grace of God in each other's life. When I see my bro Mark being blessed and favored and having breakthrough, I'm going to choose to rejoice and give thanks in God and celebrate that. Because it's the same, he's the same father towards me. He's the same bridegroom towards me. He's the same Holy Spirit towards me. So I think that might be a little word and reminder from the Lord to encourage us and exhort us. If some things are stuck in your life, this is for some of us. If some things are stuck in your life and you're not seeing the breakthrough or feeling it from God, maybe you need to align yourself with his heart towards a person that you might otherwise be maybe a little jealous of, or like, Lord, when's my breakthrough coming? Or, gosh, they always seem to get blessed. But imagine you come in line and you join with the heart of God over that person, you're going to begin to experience the joy of heaven, promise you, I'm telling you, I've done it. You're going to begin to experience the love of God towards that person. You're actually going to get excited and stoked about their breakthrough. It may take a little practice. And forgiveness. You want to say what you're thinking for Forgiveness. Um, jealousy and forgiveness are two things. Jealousy and unforgiveness are two things that keep us from experiencing what we're experiencing today in our everyday lives. Um, the only thing that's in the way, you asked, like, what's stopping us? If we're now being targeted, what's stopping us? There are a couple things, jealousy, unforgiveness, that can cause me to stand in the way 
of walking in freedom and abiding in the blessings of God and the favor of God um, and compassion toward people and the power of God flowing through my life, I can be the blockage if I participate with those spirits. Um, And the only way is by an act of your will to position your heart into forgiveness. Um, You can... That's good, dude. So here, don't let that be a downer. Don't let that be like, oh, I knew I was doing something wrong. Don't let that sit on you. That's the wrong response. Again, that's not grace. God reveals those things to us because he loves us. It's more, it's not like a, Alyssa, what are you doing? It's a, hey, Alyssa, I'm so stoked to bless your life. And what's coming next in your life is literally going to blow your mind. It's like, Me, the Lord says, putting a ring on your finger that you're just going to keep looking at my goodness, my glory, and my anointing in your life. I'm going to remind you every time you wash your hands, every time you cook, every time you drive, how good I am towards you. And this little, what, this little thing over here is just a tiny little, uh, you know, knot we got to untie. Can we do that? What are you going to say? When you get loved on, I'm like, I can be like, oh, let's do it. Let's do it. That's how you got to treat it. I'm serious. Don't you dare go getting like, I, oh man, I'm doing it wrong, or I can't get over this unforgiveness, or I can't. The wrong response. Don't even go down that road. That's road closed. You are a child of God, and he loves you. And grace means that this stuff is all little stuff. So just go, oh, I'm sorry, Lord. Because the loving kindness of God leads us to repentance. So if you need to move into repentance and you're not experiencing loving kindness, you may not be experiencing God. You might be feeling something coming from the world, the flesh or the devil. So just shake it off. It was kind of a weird shake, but but it works. Shake it off. Always respond to God. Never get overwhelmed or weighed down by whatever this stuff is that you're going through, just always take it right to the Lord and go, oh, Lord, I love you. You're so good. I know you're for me. If there's anything, any unforgiveness or whatever, I'm so excited to work through that with you because it's so easy to just make a shift. Amen? Okay, before we close here, it's 518. I am going to call up just a few people, and we're going to keep it five Bs. Be brief, baby. Be brief. Because we have some amazing anointed people who could go for 30, 40 minutes, second set of worship? Yeah, I would love to. Let me pull up, so I'm going to pull up Will and Skylar and then Rainy to close it out, and if each one of you guys, Will and Skylar, could do like two, three minutes on your thing, and then Rainy, like maybe four minutes or something like that. We'll wrap it up in about 10-ish, 15, then we'll do a little bit of secondsies for worship. Anybody like secondsies here? I'm all about it. And then we'll go skipping out of here. Quietly, because, quietly, says my wonderful wife, who loves when I dance around in a linen ephod and supports it, but also reminds me, hey, it's a little late, so, you know, just, I'm like, thank you, wife, you're raising the kind, gentle voice of the Lord. All right, let's, uh, Will, come on down.
First off, can we uh, just give Abba a Shaba? Can we do that? I love that phrase. I'm using that from now on. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to go ahead and share about uh, an encounter I had uh, with the Lord um, in 2019. And um, yeah, I for a really long time, I think that I was really focused on just just works. I think we all slipped into that, really. Um, and I really wanted to level up as a Christian. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, you want to level up. You want to like do miracles or just be more righteous or holy or, or just level up. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I wanted to do. I really wanted to do that. <laughs> and so here's the thing. Um, I was literally at the UCSB library because I was, I was a student. And the Lord was just like, you don't change yourself. I change you. Like, you're not the person who changes yourself. I'm the one who changes you. And there was this sense of, like, I participate. There is an act of will of saying yes and agreeing. But it's he's the one who does the changing. And, it, and I think my awareness just shifted away from myself. And my awareness began to shift on the work of grace and even just the spirit of God living within me. And just this awareness of, like, he's the one changing me. He's the one, you know, causing me to be kinder and, and nicer and, like, and no longer be walking in different sin patterns, you know what I mean? And to actually just be doing, like, the Christian, Christian life. And it's him, and it's this crazy thing where um, he gets the glory because he's the one doing it, you know what I mean? Um, anyway, so uh, that hit me, and if anyone who was here uh, when I was there in 2019, I was like rolling on the ground, laughing with joy, and thought I was high for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I was like, I feel like I'm high. <laughs> Everything is wonderful. I was high the most high. That's what it was. It was amazing. Life is good. God is good. Um, yeah, so I mean, it really isn't much more than that. Um, it really just comes down to we aren't, we don't change ourselves. It's Him. There is, there is something about saying yes and agreeing, um, being transformed through the renewal of your mind, all that stuff. But really, like, it is God it is the changing, and it's pretty awesome. Um, and it brings a lot of life and joy and expectancy. And also, like, when you have rough circumstances, it's like, all right, God, I believe you're going to empower me to handle these rough circumstances. You know what I mean? And he does. And it's amazing. And you come out, you're like, oh, my gosh, life is great. God is good. I'm doing fine. And good or bad, whatever. Um, so anyway, that's pretty much it. So, love you guys. Skyler's amazing, by the way. This is going to be good. It's going to be really good. Thanks, bro. Thank you. Um, so I just wanted to share a quick story of, um, I kind of titled it, Grace in the Face of Doubt. So, Yeah. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> woo, um, pause for laughter, okay, um, so, <laughs> oh gosh, okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> I go, <laughs> thank you, Lord, <laughs> joy, Lord, joy, Lord. <laughs> Woo! I got healed. I'm not going to lie. I was over there. I felt my jaw's been hurting. It popped. I got healed by Jesus. 
And he's the same God. You can get healed too. You need healing. He does that. <laughs> so, grace in the face of doubt. So, I was, uh, I heard this story of this guy. He moved his whole family of seven to Afghanistan. And um, they were serving the Lord and doing underground churches for like freaking two years. It was crazy. And like, there was just like, he would walked into prison and walked out and crazy testimonies. And, you know, I was like, this is perfect. You're talking about spiritual leaders and like people you look up to. I feel like everybody in this room looks up to someone in some way, shape or form, whether it's an artist or whether it's a spiritual leader or whether it's Christ himself. So um, I looked up to this guy and I remember it's, it was a big conference day and um, he walked in the room and I remember seeing him and I told the Lord, I was like, God, I'm not even worthy to be under the same roof as this guy. And the father was like, I want you to go tell him what you just told me. And I was like, that's not God. Like, that's not God. So you, know, like, you keep praying, and then it's, like, resonating, and you're like, oh, frick. You're like, all right, it's God. Okay, Lord, I'm sorry. So I go up, and I'm like, his name was Jakin. I was like, Jakin, I just told the Lord that I wasn't even worthy to be under the same roof as you. And he looks at me, and he puts both his hands on me, and he starts praying for me. And then he just stops, and he goes, I'm seeing Frisbee golf, and immediately, I totally forgot about this memory, but I used to play Frisbee golf, like, all the time in the summers with my dad when I was, like, eight years old, and I just saw the father for the first time as my father. Like, I never actually saw him, like, as a dad, you know, and I just saw him, like, with me on the top of this hill that we, my dad and I would always play on. And I remember I just started, and my dad's literally freaking calling me right now. <laughs> I'll call you back. <laughs> I'm born again. <laughs> so, no, um, well, not really. But anyway, I just, uh, um, I recognized in that moment that, like, it's not, it's all the, like, God shows no partiality. And I recognize, like, that he's my father, just like he's Jacob's. And it was crazy because I'll end it with this, but a year later, I was in Greece, and I saw, like, crazy stuff. Like, God was just doing crazy miracles, tables of Muslims giving their life to Jesus, healings, people with infections and all that stuff right before my eyes and them giving lives to Jesus and getting Bibles. And like, I remember Jacob coming up to me a year later and he came, comes up to me and he goes, you're a hero. And I literally had the guy that I said I wasn't even worthy to be under the same roof as calling me a hero. And that's like everyone, you know, and some grace in the face of doubt is that God lo- overlooks the doubt. God is already above that. It's, it's really a, a plan of, instead of trying to strive through the doubt, it's sit back and rest in what he's spoken over you. And sometimes you need to hear that and just follow God and surrender to his voice. It's awesome.
Rainy Smith. Are you here? Um, yeah, I don't have a story to really share on that, but this message, I mean, I know it's almost cheesy, but this message has literally changed my entire life. <laughs> um, and I would say it wasn't really until this, this past year that I think I finally started to grasp what grace is. It, like, it just took like almost 30 years of Christianity and three years of BSSM and leadership and everything to finally break you to the point where it's like, if he isn't who he says he is, this is pointless because we're never going to make it. Like we're never going to become this person that we want to be outside of this message. Like you're just, yeah, I could, I honestly could cry because I just think of moments that like Mike and Dia just living in their studio and what I walked through in that season and standing here today and like just so in awe that I'm literally standing here because of the grace of God is like the most amazing thing on the planet. And I just want to speak that to all of you right now that I'm like, if this is a message that still feels far from you, and if this still feels like, okay, I've heard this a million times because I was the same, like reality is it will just keep listening to it on repeat and keep reading the scripture and keep going back and keep going back. And it's like, if you grew up in the church, then brush off that like familiarness of it. Just get rid of that because that's actually holding you back. I've watched so many people grow up in the church and they have this attitude of like, oh, I already know this is dumb. And I'm like, no, if you knew you wouldn't be living the way you're living, like you would be so free. You would be so joyful. You really would. Like you honestly would. It's so, so real. And so, yeah, I just, I love this stuff. I'm like, I love the grace of God. It's the only transformation power that we will ever have access to. Like the best thing, I literally think the best thing that you can do for yourself and for the people around you is believe this. It's not go to therapy. It's not, oh, go do these 10 steps, get this, do that, do that. Yeah, that stuff can help. But if it's not anchored in the core of you are loved and redeemed and chosen by God, it will never stick. You cannot get free. You cannot get free outside of the grace of God in anything, anything. And so I just want to, like Mike was saying, I'm like, there's no condemnation in this message. And if you're feeling that, challenge that. Challenge it. Right back at it. Like, I, there are times that I have to talk out loud. Or I literally be like, if I'll hear a lie, I'll just talk out loud back to it. Like, absolutely not. It's sometimes you just do. I'm sorry, I do, because it's like, if it's stuck in my head, then it feels like it's winning. But if I'm like, you don't get to talk to me like that. You can't bring that up. I'm under the blood of Jesus. Literally, if I failed five minutes ago, it's under the blood of Jesus. There's no time limit on redemption. There's no time limit on grace. So let's stop with that, because that's a mess. And that's a weird theology that's not in the Bible at all. So I just want to just pray over us, because I have preached a lot of sermons, but never understood this. And I am like, whoa, I was missing out so much. And life is so much easier when you believe this. I, your life, no matter what you have walked through, will be so much easier when you embrace the reality of this message. I thousand percent guaranteed. And I, yeah, so I'm just going to pray for us because I am fully convinced that God has done this in my life. Like I went from someone who thought it was all too good to be true 
And I loved my little bit of, like, leaven of, con- like, conviction and condemnation and, you know, all this, it feels self-righteous to punish yourself. It's this weird stuff that we, I have no idea why we decided that was a thing. So, yeah, I just, just want to pray that what God is beginning to do in my heart and most people's hearts and here that he just continues to do. Because it is the, it's the only life. Like, there is no life outside of this. So I'm just, yeah, I'm going to pray, and then I'll, are we doing ministry team? (laughs) Okay, no, yeah, no, cool, I'm going to pray. Yeah, God, we just thank you for your goodness, we thank you for your kindness. God, we thank you for it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. It's your kindness that leads us to repentance, God. And I thank you that, yeah, he who began a good work, he is the one faithful to complete it. Your name isn't even in that. It's his job. So, God, we just celebrate that right now. That We just, just invite that good work that you have began in us, God. We just choose right now to say thank you for the completion, God. And we trust you that you who began the good work will complete it, God. We trust you today in Jesus' name. And I just pray right now, God, where our conscience wants to condemn us and bring up old thought patterns or old failures or old, yeah, just sin habits, whatever it is, God, I just pray those areas that our conscience wants to remind us of those things, I pray that you shut it down right now in Jesus' name. And I just pray that you just fully baptize our hearts, our minds, and our souls, and our bodies with the grace of Jesus. And I just pray a freedom, God, today. Where there's areas that you feel like it's hopeless for freedom because you've confessed so many times or you've tried so many times or you've done this thing but see, keep falling back and keep falling back and keep falling back. Today, I declare in Jesus' name, pure freedom that didn't feel possible. I thank you, Jesus, for that you are the God of the impossible and we declare freedom right now in Jesus' name. And I just speak to all of your bodies to come into alignment with the kingdom of heaven. Where there has been sickness, I declare health over this room in Jesus' name. Where there has been depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts, I just declare sound mind in Jesus' name. Yeah, we just thank you for it's your grace, God, that we could never earn it. We thank you, Jesus. The gift far outweighs the transgression. The gift of Jesus far outweighs the failure of Adam. And so, God, we just thank you right now in Jesus' name.